Welcome, friends, to the recording of the third Sunday of Advent. We are getting so close <laughs> to Christmas. I hope that your days are filled with Christmas spirit and joy. Um, this is the Sunday that we light the candle of joy in our Advent reads. And my prayer is that you um, are listening to this as a supplement to your own church-going time, that you were able to go and be a part of a service today um, with uh, in fellowship with other Christians. Uh, as always, the show notes will include um, the all of the scriptures for today in the lectionary, um, and I encourage you to go read them all. I will be reading the psalm and the um, gospel text today. Um, our hymns today are O Little Town of Bethlehem and What Child Is This? Um, and as always, to bring you joy, I will not be singing for you. <laughs> Let us come together and worship. Psalm 126. A psalm titled, A Harvest of Joy. When the Lord restored the fortunes of Zion, we were like those who dream. Their mouth was filled with laughter and our tongue with shouts of joy. Then it was said among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us and we rejoiced. Restore our fortunes, O Lord, like the watercourses in the Negeb. May those who sow in tears reap with shouts of joy. Those who go out weeping, bearing the seeds of sowing, shall come home with shouts of joy, carrying their sheaves. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Our first hymn today is, O Little Town of Bethlehem. O little town of Bethlehem, how still we see thee lie. Above thy deep and dreamless sleep, the silent stars go by. Yet in thy dark street shineth the everlasting light. The hopes and fears of all the years are met in thee tonight. For Christ is born of Mary. And gathered all above, while mortals sleep, the angels keep their watch of wondering love. O oh, morning stars together, proclaim the holy birth, and praises sing to God the King, and peace to all on earth. How silently, how silently the wondrous gift is given, so God imparts to human hearts the blessings of his heaven. No ear may hear his coming, but in the, this world of sin, where meek souls will receive him, still the dear Christ enters in. O holy child of Bethlehem, descend to us, we pray. Cast out our sin and enter in. Be born in us today. We hear the Christmas angels, the great glad tidings tell. O oh, come to us, abide with us, our Lord, Emmanuel. Let us say together the Apostles' Creed. Friends, what do we believe? I believe in God the Father Almighty, 
maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Let us say together now the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Today's gospel lesson comes from the gospel according to John. Chapter 1, verses 6 through 8, and then skipping down to verses 19 through 28. Hear now the word of the Lord. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify to the light so that all may believe through him. He himself was not the light, but he came to testify to the light. This is the testimony given by John when the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, Who are you? He confessed and did not deny it, but he confessed, I am not the Messiah. And they asked him, What then? Are you Elijah? He said, I am not. Are you the prophet? He answered, No. Then he said to them, Who are you? Then they said to him, Who are you? Let us have an answer for those who sent us. What do you say about yourself? He said, I am the voice of the one crying out in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord, as the prophet Isaiah said. Now they had sent from they had been sent from the Pharisees. They asked him, "Why then are you baptizing if you are neither the Messiah nor Elijah nor the prophet?" And John answered them, "I baptize with water. Among you stands one whom you do not know, the one who is coming after me. I am not worthy to untie the strap of his sandal." This took place in Bethany across the Jordan where John was baptizing. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. I love a good foot washing. It's one of my favorite memories from my time at Camp Christian. It was my small group's turn to lead Vespers one night and we decided to use a foot washing to end the service. I'd never done a foot washing before. I knew what it was, but I had no idea just how much it would mean. Everyone at camp sat in a circle in the dining hall, and each person in my small group went around and washed the feet of those in the circle. We became humble servants of the group 
It was a very moving service. One that is imprinted firmly on my heart. In reality, while it was beautiful and meaningful, it was also the middle of summer in South Georgia with no air conditioning at the end of a long day. <laughs> you can imagine the reality. Odiferous doesn't even come close to describing it. Well, the foot washing passage from later in John is the one that most people associate with the practice. It is this text that also reminds me of what it means. Forget washing feet. John the baptizer doesn't even think he's worthy of that. John thinks he's not even worthy to start the process by kneeling and untying the sandals of Jesus. Water has not even been scooped from the Jordan yet, and he's waving off the idea that he is able to perform such an act. The feet of Jesus had walked many miles. The feet of Jesus were dusty and calloused and odiferous, just like any other human feet. But John does not feel worthy. In the Gospel of John's version of the story, we see these pesky Pharisees sending others to question his authority. They call upon the names of the greats. Are you the Messiah, Elijah, the prophet? They're honing their skills of questioning and undermining authority with John that they will later try with Jesus. They're trying to get him to elevate himself so they can call him a heretic. They're already desperate to keep their power. We see the same story in all four of the Gospels. We read last week from Mark, which is dated as the oldest of the writings. Today, we read the same story in John. John is not one of the synoptics for several reasons. The main reason is that it is written more as a narrative than as separate accounts. The things are out of order from the other Gospels or in different locations to make the narrative flow better. There are many things omitted, like the Last Supper and the temptation of Jesus. But this story is in John and the other Gospels. Matthew 3.11 says, I am not worthy to carry his sandals. Mark 1.7 doesn't even let John get close enough to carry the sandals. He said, I'm not worthy to stoop down and untie the thongs of his sandals. Luke echoes that same sentiment in chapter 3, verse 16. I'm not worthy to untie the thong of his sandals. The idea of worthiness clearly made an impression on all that listened to John the baptizer that day. That idea of being worthy is an interesting one. It is represented in different original Greek words in these different passages. Matthew, Mark, and Luke all use the word hikonos, which means sufficient or competent. But good old John has to be different. He uses the word axios, which means being worthy or deserving. We see the same word used in Matthew 10. I'm going to read it with the definition of axios deserving. 
Whoever loves father or mother more than me is not deserving of me. And whoever loves son or daughter more than me is not deserving of me. And whoever does not take his cross and follow me is not deserving of me. Whoever finds his life will lose it. And whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. While the synoptics see it as sufficient or competent, like a skill that you learn, John sees it as something more like a gift. Am I splitting hairs? Maybe. (laughs) Do all of these things mean the same thing ultimately? Sure. Well, maybe. Hikonos is certainly a word that that some would use to describe our competence to keep up with Christ, to be worthy of him based on our knowledge or experience. Like if you study enough, you can be competently, you can competently be considered a theologian. And there are not many that can claim that. But what if the definition of axios is closer to the truth? John may not feel that in his broken human state that he deserves to be that close to Jesus, that he does not feel worthy of even his shoes. He may have been trying to prove a point to the egomaniacs that were the Pharisees or just the crowds that had gathered of normal everyday people. The Gospels don't agree on that point either, but no matter the audience, No matter who was listening, the message is still the same. John the baptizer could only do so much for humankind, including his own self. He needed, they all needed the Messiah. And though he was not worthy to untie his sandals or carry them or even think about stooping down to remove them, he was given that love and joy that comes with believing in Christ anyway. There was always that one kid at camp. You know the one. The one that doesn't bathe enough or doesn't use enough deodorant. Not a single person in our group wanted to be the one to take his shoes off, to stoop down and untie his sandals or sneakers. We knew what was coming for the first person to wash those feet. But it was a lesson in in humility. It was a lesson in worthiness. No matter who it is, no matter how many times they used the pool to take a bath, no matter how hot it was or how many games of kickball they played, every single person was worthy to have their feet washed. They were deserving. That's how the love of God works. That's how the joy of living a life and faith works. We are all broken and smelly and tired and dirty, but the love of God through the birth, life, and death of his son and the power of the Holy Spirit is the water that washes us clean. We lit the candle of joy today. In case you were wondering, the Greek word for joy is chara. It is used 58 times in scripture. It is used at the beginning, at the end of Jesus's, of the life of Jesus, the Alpha and the Omega. Matthew uses it many times. 
But these three are important stops on the road map to the cross. He uses it when he speaks of the wise men that Herod was sending to find the king that was born. Matthew 2.10 When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. Jesus uses it in his teaching when he tells the parable of the talents that we studied together not too many weeks ago. Matthew 25, 23, his master said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. And Matthew uses it again to describe the feeling that the women at the tomb had when they discovered that Jesus was no longer there. He was risen. Matthew 28, 8. So they departed quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy and ran to tell his disciples. And I think it's one of the uses in John that ties it all together for us today. John has seven I am statements of Jesus, and in the I am the vine teachings in chapter 15, Jesus says this, If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be that joy is the gift that comes with the faith we are given it is the gift that we are made worthy of the joy of the birth of a baby the joy of the angels and his parents and the shepherds that beautiful night we are worthy of the joy that comes with beautiful trees and wreaths and gifts tied with pretty ribbons in honor of the gifts that the wise man brought We are worthy of the joy that comes on the faces of children as they open those gifts on Christmas morning. And even in the suffering and crucifixion, there is joy that we are given that gift of eternal life. John the baptizer may have been trying to prove a point to those who are listening. But he was indeed worthy, just like we are all worthy of the love of Christ, despite our shortcomings and dirty feet. He paved the way for us to celebrate. He made the path to joy straight so that our lives and our joy may be full. Amen. Hymn number 219 in the United Methodist Hymnal, What Child Is This? What child is this who laid to Mary to rest on Mary's lap is sleeping, whom angels greet with anthems sweet while shepherds watch are keeping? Why lies he in such mean estate where ox and ass are feeding? God, good Christians fear for sinners here. The silent word, world, word is pleading. So bring him incense, gold, and myrrh. Come, peasant king, to own him. The king of kings salvation brings. Let loving arms enthrone him. This, this is Christ the king, whose shepherds guard and angels sing. Haste, 
haste to bring him laud, the babe, the son of Mary. Amen.